CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, we're live at the NASDAQ market site on this expiration Friday. The guys are getting ready behind me. In the meantime, here's a look at what's coming up next. Making three times your money in less than a month. It ain't no Russian bot, but it is Dan Nathan's trade on Facebook going into earnings. He'll break it down. Plus, biotech is breaking out, and chartmaster Carter Worth sees even more gains to come. We'll give you the setup. And fast food stocks have been on fire, except one. Mike Coe's got a way to make four times your money in just two months. He will serve it up. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins right now. And let's get right to it because it's going to be a huge week for earnings with all eyes on one big group in particular. Call it Judgment Day for Tech as the Titans gear up to report. Amazon, Facebook, Alphabet all surging this year, over trillion dollars in three stocks. And all three are looking to keep the big tech party going with the sector sitting near all-time highs. Which one, which one should you buy? Which one should you sell? Let's get into the money right now. And, Dan, you're taking a look at Facebook. Well, so you want to say which one do they buy? They just buy it every day. I mean, the stock, I think, closed at a new all-time high today. And when you think about all the news surrounding this company over the last few months here, investors just haven't cared. They did panic. We know that in March into the uh, into that April low. The stock's up 40% since then. As they think about earnings that are coming out Wednesday afternoon, the options market is implying about a 5% move in either direction. That's about $30 billion in market cap. Um, and that is actually below the 6.5% average one-day post-earnings move since the company went public in 2012. But here's the thing. It's a $600 billion market cap company right now. And, you know, this is a really interesting week. This past week, there was a lot of discussion about how this company is really going to deal with the meddling issues, some of the fake news, um, all this other stuff about how their platform has been weaponized. And they're going to really actually have to tell a better story than they did. Uh, CEO Mark Zuckerberg sat down with Kara Swisher. He caught a lot of heat for a lot of stuff that wasn't particularly clear. So he's going to have to clarify Clarify a lot of that stuff as we think about into the fall. Here's the thing, okay? I'm just going to get to the. You want to get to the trade? Yeah. yeah. I, I just don't know how you buy it here. I would have said that at 200. I might have said at 195. But 195 is a really interesting level. I have a one-year chart. That's where it broke out, okay? From a couple months ago, it's gotten a little sleep, steep. I'll let Carter talk about that. So if you're long the stock and you're thinking about maybe some short-term protection for a move back to that breakout level, I think that makes sense. So today, I was looking at August expiration when the stock was trading at 210. You could by the August 210 190 put spread for $5.50, buying one of the August 210 puts for 7 bucks, selling one of the August 190 puts at $1.50. That costs you $5.50. It breaks even at $204.50, and you can make up to $14.50 down to $190, which I think a 10% or so correction over the next month. If you don't get the proper news, they already told us they're going to be spending like crazy to combat these issues. That would really be the trade. It would probably not be too different than Netflix. What do you think of the trade? Well, I, I would say one quick thing, which is that the fact that it's implying a lower than average move suggests that there is a decent amount of complacency. We've seen that before. We saw it this week, actually. And Netflix was also a name that was implying a smaller than average move. You know, when you have complacency, if the news comes out a little bit bad, that's when you could see a sharp drawdown. This thing has only gone in one direction recently. I mean, the growth rate obviously has been phenomenal, but does that persist forever? I think a little bit of a setback, and you could see a 5 to 10 percent decline. I mean, just speaking of the angles, Dan mentioned how steep, and we have the chart there that we started with, meaning you'll always get a steep angle after a steep sell-off. So it's the reciprocal move, meaning we had the news-related plunge, 
Obviously, you had to testify in front of Congress, and then we have the ricochet. But if you were to just to look at it in terms of the duration of the move and the magnitude of the move, I would say it this way, that in uptrends, you have these moves that get to be three to four months old. So the March-July move up from basically uh, 150 to uh, 210, you're talking about 40 percent. The odds of it going yet further higher are starting to diminish versus checking back to that February 1 high from which it broke out. So that's that's the better bet. You know, one other quick thing, just going back to the option structure for a second. One of the things we do know is that once the news comes out, we are going to see those options premiums decline even further, which is a reason why using a spread makes sense. And you, in a situation like this, you have a choice. I could, say, sell an upside call spread or I can buy a downside put spread. One of the reasons I think you're probably looking at buying the downside put spread is because that implied move is lower than it usually is. And if you think that a 5% move is realistic, do you want to be short a $10 call spread and collect, you know, three, four bucks, or would you rather be long a $20 put spread and pay out six or so? Yeah, thanks, Professor. I mean, listen, I would just say one thing that I think is really important to keep an eye on as the story. And we saw this in Google about five years ago when they started spending to beef up certain things. You know, they've told us now since last November they are going to start spending on security and all these sorts of things. So it's really what's going to happen to the earnings growth rate. And, you know, we hear a lot about how this company has really grown into its valuation. But if we start seeing lower margins and that earnings growth rate chipped away, this stock would likely need to consolidate no matter what the other news is. So to me, I think playing for a near-term pullback back to that breakout level makes a lot of sense. Or the structure works great for longs who are looking for 2.5% of their portfolio, uh, or excuse me, of the position to protect over the next month. Well, tech is not the only big group in the Nasdaq gearing up to report earnings next week. A handful of big biotech earnings also are on deck. Some of the biggest names in the group. Um, and Chartmaster says there could be a major biotech breakout happening. We started to see that already. Carter, what are you looking at? Well, that's right. So it's, a, it's equally big biotech, like tech. We have four of the five largest components in the IBB setting to uh, report the, this week. And it's my hunch, looking at the charts of the individual equities and the, the group uh, at large, if you will, that we're going to break out. So let's go over and take a look. Um, here are the names. Here are the percentage gains. IBB. These are the top five holdings. These are their weightings. They're all names you know, and all four from here over report earnings this week. And here is the chart of the ETF. No lines, no judgments. One judgment would be this. Minor head and shoulders bottom at a high. If you break out from that kind of thing, and that is the presumption, you get what's called a measured move, which is the same move, the width of the shoulders. So that kind of thing. Let's draw the lines a different way. Here is the longer term chart. It peaked three years ago. Here's your head and shoulders. A measured move would take you to the high. Let's draw the lines another way. A cup and handle. But either way, again, if you were to move simply the width of the cup, that takes you right to the former high. Uh, I think this is an excellent setup, and I'm thinking here you got to get long. Final uh, a comparative chart. Look at IBB, which is weighted towards the large cap, versus XBI. So we know that the large, which were very correlated, have now been flagging or not participating. Take this back even further. Watch this comparative chart. And so very highly correlated and then small tap, small cap have taken off. The play here is that IBB catches up with XIB. That's part of the thesis.
So, Mike, how are you trading IBB? Uh, very simply, or maybe as simply as you can with a three-legged trade. I'm looking at the September 113, 119, 125 call spread risk reversal. You could sell the 113 puts for $1.60 when I was looking at this earlier today. Buy the 119 calls for 330 and sell the 125 calls against it for a dollar. Net net, you're spending 70 cents for that structure. And the idea here is to try to capture six bucks worth of upside while foregoing approximately six bucks worth of downside because it has had a decent move off the bottom. Sometimes it can be difficult to chase it and we're targeting upside of probably around 130 or so. So we're trying to capture some of that upside while mitigating the downside in case the earnings coming out this week and six of the top 10 I think are reporting don't turn out so hot. Yeah, interesting trade structure. I mean, again, selling that downside put at 113, you're paying 70 cents for the structure. Worst case scenario is you were long at 113.70 into all these earnings. You know, if one of them goes wrong, okay, you, you probably have the stock a little bit lower, and you're probably okay owning the IB there, there, digest the news, and then play for that breakout. So to me, I, I like the trade structure. The risk reward's fantastic. 1370 on the downside, but you can make up to, what, five, uh, 530 between 11970 and 20. And it's also a cap issue, right? We know that the Russell's been flagging relative to the S&P of late, and that's the same premise here, that this large cap area of biotech is a better play than small cap. So, for instance, XP which focuses on the smaller biotech well, it has a, they don't look as good because well no they they've been very good it's okay. just that there's catch-up potential in in the big ones having lagged yeah. yeah the other thing is that if you are doing something in XBI where you do have maybe smaller names like that there is potentially more volatility there and maybe you wouldn't be as comfortable selling that downside put as you are in IBB which has a lot of the top names trading at very cheap multiples still for everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, check out our super cool newsletter. It is simply a revelation. Here's what's coming up next. They got the golden arches. Mine is the golden arcs. <laughs> and Mike Coe has a trade that can make four times your money in McDonald's heading into next week's earnings. He'll break it down. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. Fast food stocks are on fire this year, but there is one name that's been sitting out on all of the fun. Let's get to Kate Rogers for the details. Hi, Kate. That's right, Melissa. Fast food stock performance this year is looking a bit different from last year. Among the best performing names so far, Shake Shack up nearly 60%, Chipotle up 56%, Domino's up around 47%, and Del Taco up nearly 17%. Chipotle's performance is a turnaround after stumbles in 2017. The company, of course, has a new CEO in Brian Nickel, the former CEO of Taco Bell. Chipotle is expanding its delivery program, tweaking its menu offerings, and testing out some new marketing strategies. Onto the coffee world, Dunkin' Brands is up some 13%. As former CEO Nigel Travis announced his retirement last week, and now Dave Hoffman, who was the president of Dunkin' Brands U.S., took over his place. Starbucks, on the other hand, down some 11% as Howard Schultz left his post as executive chairman of the board, and CEO Kevin Johnson has mapped out his plans for the coffee giant, including closing some underperforming stores in the U.S. One name that's been sitting out the fast food rally this year is McDonald's. The world's biggest fast food company was also 
the sector's top performer last year, but so far in 2018, it's down around 8% as it prepares to report earnings next Thursday. Analysts to say to really focus on value and promotions, they want to see if that continues to boost the brand as last quarter one, two, three dollar promotions really helped. Another thing to keep in mind, value wars are in full effect, so really any announcements around that will be critical. Another area to watch is breakfast. That's a very important part of the day for McDonald's. Finally, keep an eye on China to see if there's any impact from an ongoing trade war with the U.S. Back over to you. All right, Kate, thank you. Kate Rogers. Well, Carter and Mike have both made their way over to the plasma for another options action tag team. So Carter breaks down the charts. Mike will come in, give us his trade. So Chartmaster, why don't you kick things off? You say there's even more pain ahead for Mickey D's. Well, that's right. I mean, let's just put it into perspective. First of all, I've gone back to uh, 1980 just to uh, show uh, where McDonald's has come from. And McDonald's not on here yet. So S&P, and what we know, of course, is Double the performance of the S&P is the NASDAQ composite. Now for fun, let's add McDonald's. And it makes the NASDAQ look like a piker, meaning one of the great growth stocks of all time, right, in the pantheon. But the issue is, of late, it's very toppy and starting to stall. At least that's my judgment. So first, compared to peers, and we've just heard the, the lead-in, this is great performance here today. You see the names. You've all been to these uh, restaurants. 30, 40, 50 percent gains across the board year to date. Um, Cheesecake Factory, Denny's, and yet down here all by itself struggling is the one that um, is the most important, if you will, in terms of its place uh, in the American landscape. So now look at the current one-year chart. It's all reversed. McDonald's is not way up at the high. McDonald's has started to stall. And of course, S&P and then NASDAQ leading. So the great winner long term is now the one that's losing, and that's a, a sign, I think, of exhaustion. So put this uh, right here on the chart, draw your trend lines one way, and what we know is, is that just coming down to trend would get you a pretty good sell-off from here. How about if we put in the head and shoulders top? Would get you a pretty good sell-off from here. Or one other way to look at the lines, we're consolidating some might say it's going to break out. That's fine. That's a bet I would not make. I think it's going to break down. So with that, again, that's the premise. My main man, take it away. All right, so it's interesting. We've got McDonald's coming up here. They're going to be reporting earnings. The implied move for McDonald's right now is about 3.3%. That's actually slightly higher than they normally have. So we're going to use a spread to mitigate some of that higher options premium. Specifically, I was looking at the September 155 145 put spread. I'm targeting 145 to the downside, spending 365 for the 155s, selling those 145s for $1.15. So net net, I'm spending $2.50, which has happens to work out to one quarter of the distance between the $10 in the strikes. And one other quick point I would make is that by selling that downside put, taking that premium, you are improving the odds somewhat because, of course, the break even is going to be right here at 152.5 rather than down at 155. Uh, 152, uh, 151.35, which is where it would be right here. So we're improving the odds. We're going to get some decay from this, and we're targeting maybe 145 in a little over 60 days. Dan, what do you think of the dy dynamic duos take? I love it. I'm really jealous that I'm not you there wish with you can, them. Like, tag right, in but too. maybe we'll do that a little later. Um, so here's the thing. So Mike, it looks like 145 to the downside. You're targeting that uptrend, and I like the width of your um, the premium that you're basically about a quarter of the width of the spread. Um, I just have one question for Carter. You know. 
at some point when it gets back to that uptrend, you, if, let's say you're right and let's say it's something fundamental, wouldn't you ex some, ex uh, excuse me, ex at some point expect that to just really overshoot to the downside a little bit? I mean, obviously we have to get to the downtrend, uh, down lower before overshooting the downside. Um, but we're targeting the intermediate low on the chart, not shown here, and I think that's where we are headed on a more immediate basis. From there, sure, you could get a lot worse. This has been an excess returning stock for quite some time. Yeah, the excess return that we got also was a lot of one-off things. We were talking about SG&A cuts. We were talking about refranchising efforts. We were talking about breakfast all day. So these were shifts that you can do one time, and then you get a potential boost from that. But the long-term secular trend was not necessarily in McDonald's favor in terms of top-line sales growth. And that, of course, might be where they could run in some headwinds here. All right, good job, Cohen Carter. Up next, Netflix falling 8% this week after reporting earnings, but that's great news for Cohen Carter. We'll tell you why. Plus, have an options question for one of the traders. Send us a tweet to add options action. Make it a good one, because maybe we'll answer it later on the show. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. Much more options action in just a couple minutes. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take a look back at some of our open trades. Just last week, Mike bet Netflix's amazing run was done. And done it was. Here's how Mike cashed in. On Options Action, it's how we make instant hits. Risk less so we can make more. And that's exactly what Cohen Carter did with their bearish bet on Netflix. Carter thought the stock looked a little extended heading into earnings. I think Netflix has downside risk. Hmm, Mike thought. The chart master might be right, but shorting this high flyer could be risky. If you get this wrong, that'd be very, very painful. And he's right, because shorting Netflix, or any stock for that matter, could lead to infinite losses. So instead, Mike bought the August 395 put for 22 bucks. Now to make money, Mike just needs Netflix to fall below that 395 strike by more than the cost of the trade or below $373 by August expiration. But spending $22 just to bet against Netflix? Don't freak out. Mike's got a better way to do it. So to cut costs, Mike then sold not one, but two August 370 puts for $12 each or for $24 total. Now between the $22 he spent on buying that 395 put and the $24 he collected by selling those two 370 puts, Mike is taking in a total credit of $2, meaning Mike sees immediate profits below that 395 put that he bought. But there is a trade-off, and because Mike sold more puts than he bought, he could be forced to buy Netflix at the strike of the puts that he sold, or in this case, $370. Even if the stock goes way lower, put simply, Mike wants Netflix to go to that 370 level by expiration. However, with the 25 bucks he made between 395 and 370 and the $2 credit he received by selling those puts, Mike wouldn't see losses until Netflix hits $343. Below that, he would see losses all the way to zero. So to protect himself, Mike then bought the August 350 strike put for $7 and created his put fly. Let's do the math. Between the 22 bucks he spent buying one put, the 24 bucks he collected selling two puts, and the seven bucks he spent buying that lower strike, Mike spent a total of $5. Now to make money, Mike needs Netflix to fall below that 395 put by the $5 he spent on the trade, or below $390 by August expiration. But his profits are capped at $350, and below that level, he is protected against losses. It's a complicated strategy, but we've seen stranger things happen. And since the time of the trade, Netflix shares are down around 7%. 
meaning Mike's trade is looking pretty good. So now Options Action fans are streaming into Options Action to find out just one thing. What will Cohen Carter do next? So, Mike, what are you doing next? Uh, well, it was about a clean double when the stock was trading right around 370, and I think we can probably take some profits here and move on to the next one. I mean, we got some very, very big moves right out of earnings. Carter. So, worst one-day drop in Netflix in two years, and while it did recover that day, the reality is it was a bad week this week. It did not recover, and the likely path is lower. All right. Up next, we've got your tweets and the final call from the options bids. Welcome back. Time to take your tweets. Jim asks, when is it most appropriate and or opportunistic to convert options into shares? What are the advantages and disadvantages? Professor Ko. Okay, well, it's appropriate, certainly, if you sell puts with the hope that you get to buy the stock at a lower level and you don't want to sit there and try to cover your puts and then buy the stock, let them expire, have the stock put to you, now you're long the stock and you don't have any transaction costs. So that's one case. The other case is if you're long deep in the money calls in stocks that pay very high dividends, there are circumstances where, to capture the dividend, it might make sense to exercise those early. But I encourage you to read up on that because those are very specific cases. Yep. All right. Time now for the 